I am Philip Crawford, and I am so glad you have joined me today. You know, I had grand intentions of continuing on this podcast as regularly as I could, making, you know, weekly episodes and all that. But I have to say, as the world has continued on its downward spiral as of late, my flesh got into it. I mean, we went from constantly intensifying pandemic news to all of the civil unrest and protesting in the streets. And now we've moved into the masks issue and debates on that and constant debates about schools resuming and on and on and on it goes. Well, it's easy for all of us to find an opportunity to try to chime in on all of those things. And for me, I'm no different. I was thinking that this is exactly the stuff that I needed to chime in on. But you know, that wasn't what God was leading me to do. And if you are not tuning into him, you'll be writing from your head and not from your spirit by his spirit. And it was through some recent studying that I've done that not only changed my thinking on the matter, but it really is what brought me to about uh, to what I'd like to talk about today. So I want to read to you a few scriptures and then put them kind of together, uh, kind of separate things, but make them into to one big package at the end. Um, and I want to start actually in Romans, the eighth chapter and the 11th verse. And it says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Do you hear that? The same spirit, not a watered down second class version of the spirit, but the same spirit dwells in you. Next in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, uh, Peter is at the house of Cornelius and he's preaching and familiar passage of scripture to many of us says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. This was the source. This was his, uh, the fuel, the empowerment that led Jesus in doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And I like that part, for God was with him. Right. Jesus was fully God. I don't deny that or speak less of that in any ways. If he wasn't fully God, we wouldn't have salvation available to us. Um, but that's a different talk for a different day. But what this is talking about is how Jesus performed what we read about in the Gospels as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit by God and God being with him. Now. When did this anointing with the Spirit, when did this happen to Jesus? This happened to Jesus in the River Jordan when he came out from under the water after being baptized by John the Baptist. Remember, Jesus comes out of the water and a voice is heard from heaven. And it says the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove. Not that he is a dove, right? He is equal part of the Godhead, not a bird. But he comes down and rests upon Jesus. Up until this point, there had not been anything miraculous done in the ministry of Jesus. Sure, he was well studied, and we see that when he was 12, 
And he was astonishing the teachers in the synagogue with his knowledge. But, you know, then again, why wouldn't he? Right. He was the word made flesh. Even Jesus said that all of the law and the prophets, they were all written about him. So, of course, he would have a level of knowledge about the word, about himself that the teachers would not have in the least. All right. So the next place I want to look at is in Acts chapter one, verse eight. And Jesus has spent some time with his disciples and with others after the resurrection, and he's telling them that they need to wait in Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father. And in verse 8, he says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said they would receive power when they receive the Holy Spirit, right? Wrong. He said they would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them. I'd like to talk a little bit today about the difference between the Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. Uh, Kenneth Hagin wrote a book along this line about 20 years ago, and I read right after it was released. But you know, it wasn't until lately when I really saw the word kingdom, which I'm going to talk about a little bit, really jump out of the Gospels. And I also saw the constant political bullying taking place over every conceivable topic. You know, the more I scrolled through my Facebook feed, the more I realized that I could not distinguish the difference between those who were believers and those who were not. Whether bullying or just fully succumb to fear, no difference between believers and unbelievers on social media anymore, it seems. Believers have forgot or, or maybe never ever realized that they were commissioned to living a life as a carrier of the Spirit of God. So, back to Romans where I started, we see that the Spirit of God within us is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus, and because of His resurrecting power, we ourselves are resurrected. Remember, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 said, And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead, right? But we were made alive. That is resurrection. And so when we are born from death, born again, the Holy Spirit lives within us. Remember, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? He lives in us. And surely, Jesus, having never sinned, never suffering the death of the Spirit, at least until he was on the cross, never experienced a separation from God in his earthly life. And therefore, we can say we know that the Holy Spirit dwelled within the man Jesus, just as he dwells within a born-again man today. But upon his baptism, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Right before this verse, in verse 9, Peter said, That word you know, which was published throughout all Judea, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Right now, how did it get published? 
throughout all of Judea. Jesus preached it everywhere he went. And what was it that he preached? I think it was the same as his first message that we see him give in Luke chapter 4. He took the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah and it said, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, you know, to preach the gospel to the poor and so forth. In other words, The life-changing, miraculous ministry of Jesus really began the moment that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. It didn't begin from within him because the Spirit was always in him, at least, you know, until the cross. Now, back to Acts 1. Jesus says that the disciples will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And of course, we know that the Holy Spirit comes, the rushing mighty wind and all that, when all the disciples waited for 10 days in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit comes as fire and sits upon each of the 120 people in that room. Now, here's where we take something powerful and exciting and kick it up a notch. Jesus promised them that they would receive power once the Holy Spirit was upon them. Now, and, and I know there's interjection here. I know that there's people who would say that this power and all we see here, Jesus only promised it to those who were in that upper room. But remember, in talking about the Holy Spirit right after the miracle of Pentecost, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, under the Holy Spirit, preached that this promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off. This wasn't just a promise for them. No, no, no. Their encounter was the first of several recorded. And these are important for us to not only see the fulfillment of the promise, but these are important to let us know when we receive the promise or witness it for ourselves. These weren't recorded as one-time instances, but these were recorded as first-time examples for us. So, Jesus promises them that they would receive power once the Holy Spirit was upon them. Now, what kind of power was Jesus talking about? That word, you know, which was published throughout all Judea, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about, are you listening here? Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This power that Jesus spoke of includes the power to heal. Don't you remember in Matthew 10, Jesus is about to send out the 12 for their first real foray into ministry. And he tells them, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And I heard something recently that turned my training upside down, you know, for the better. Notice that Jesus didn't tell them to pray for the sick to be healed. Jesus told them, heal the sick. Well, Philip, we aren't the healer. I I know that. 
But that doesn't change Jesus's instruction. But you see, we aren't seeking God for something that hasn't been provided. We are carriers of something that Jesus paid for. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about and doing good and healing because God was with him. Well, if he is upon you, then he is with you, right? All right, let me change directions here for just a second. Do you remember in Luke 11 and Jesus is teaching and someone brings him a person who is mute? And Jesus, knowing that it was a demon, he casts this out and the person starts to speak. And this actually causes quite the uproar among the multitude, not the Pharisees and the scribes, but the multitude that had come to hear him teach and to hear him preach. This causes an uproar among the people. Um, Jesus just got done telling these people that if one of these people's child, you know, if your child comes and asks you for food, you don't give him a rock, you don't give him a snake, right? And if you guys don't do that, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And then he casts a demon out of this person, and the people start in with, well, he must cast this demon out with the power of Satan. But Jesus explains to them that if I cast the devil out of you, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. My friends, God's kingdom is light. There is no darkness in him at all. When God's kingdom comes upon anything, darkness has to flee. It has no choice. And this is why before sending out the twelve and giving them this seemingly impossible command, heal the sick, cast out demons, right before that, he tells them, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When we encounter sickness, death, demons, whatever, we need to know that the kingdom of his dear son, in whom there is no darkness, that kingdom is at hand. Now, what does that mean? At hand? It's within our reach. This is what we have to offer. Remember when Peter healed the man at the gate, beautiful silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. It was at hand. It's within our reach. It's what we have to offer. And I heard it similar to this. Um, and I have this written down on my dry erase board in big letters in my office. It says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, not a second class spirit or a lesser spirit, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within me. Not to be a lake, but to be a river that flows out of me. Because of what he's done, I owe people an encounter with God. I am indebted to him a life of miracles. Friends, Jesus has commissioned us to carry his mantle, one of the kingdom, one of the miraculous. Remember, he told us to pray, thy kingdom come. And then later he said, preach that the kingdom's at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, 
and cast out demons. He embodied the ministry we are to walk here on the earth. He even said on his own, he could do nothing. He just did what the father did and said what the father said. A powerful example of this is when the man was lowered in the ceiling, um, sick with the palsy, right? They, they crashed him through the ceiling. And Jesus said to the man, take up your bed. Your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees went crazy, right? Who does he think he is? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And we could talk at length about Jesus' reply to them in this, but I'd rather look at what Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 23. It's after the resurrection. Jesus is with the disciples. And in verse 23, and Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you forgive their sins, they are forgiven. Sounds a lot like heal the sick, cast out demons, doesn't it? Jesus' ministry was one of power to heal and deliver people, and it's also one of forgiveness. This is the ministry he's called us to do. We see this even in action in James 5. It says that if anyone is sick, that the elders of the church, their faith will save the sick. And he says, if he has sins, they will be forgiven. If you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. Besides that, remember 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it says, As he is, so are we in this world. You have been called by Jesus to walk out his ministry, but you can't do it on your own. Jesus gave the disciples instructions in order for the Spirit to come upon them. They could have disobeyed, and as a result, they would have missed out. You have to walk as though you are carrying the Spirit. If you step out from under Him, you're disobeying and you'll miss out. You can be like so many other Christians today eager to jump in and get personal and ugly with every debate on every issue, or you can walk under the power of the Holy Spirit and bring the kingdom of light into a world filled with darkness. First Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. My friend, God is seeking everywhere on this planet people who will be loyal to his commands, loyal to seek his kingdom, loyal to rest under his spirit, loyal to bring light into this world. Are you one? Are you willing to bring light into a dark place? Will you heal the sick, raise the dead, and preach that the kingdom is at hand? Will you forgive people their sins? Or will you attack them in the comment section or in private conversations? Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like leaven in dough. If enough of us will scatter the kingdom in this world, we will radically change it.
Well, I want to thank you for tuning in today. I have some great and exciting ministry updates that I'm looking forward to getting online and sharing very soon. In the meantime, if you're wanting to learn more about Philip Crawford Ministries or to contact me or even talk about ministering in your area, then jump on over to philipcrawford.org. God bless you. And as always, tell someone about Jesus this week.